Hello, you're very welcome to uh, Two Hands in a Hurl podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Mansfield, and I'm joined uh, by the editor-in-chief, uh, Mr. TJ Mills. How's it going, TJ? Uh, good, thanks. And yourself, Robbie, thanks a million for staying on because our off-air conversation there, I thought I'd scare you away. <laughs> ah, no, it was good. Good. Uh, we're, talking, uh, we're talking a bit of um, Irish politics off-air there. So, yeah, I thought it was a good, good chat. Um, I'm a bit of a, a political anorak myself, but I kind of find... When they don't, when you, you ask them a question and they don't give you a straight answer, and then they ask them again and they don't give you a straight answer, I just, you know, you want to shoot the radio or shoot the TV, you know. Uh, but yeah. thankfully, we don't have an election for a couple of years. Um, cool. Any crack with yourself, TJ? All good? Yeah, no, it's um, feeling great now. I won't lie to you. Uh, got me car service today. I feel great after the operation. Things seem to be so. Yeah, I know everything's good. Thank God. And yourself? Yeah, good. Um, nearly finished with the birthdays. One more uh, on Saturday, so tomorrow. But if you're probably listening to this, if you're listening to the podcast, it's today. But um, yeah, just one more, and then no, no more until December. So. Are you the kind of the father, uh, and I don't mean this in a bad way because I, I know I'd be, but are you kind of the father that I get involved with the party or would you kind of shy away? Oh, well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of, you know, maybe having to chat to like the awkward parent chat, if you know what I mean. But um, yeah. yeah, I do, I would get involved and do a few bits, but sometimes maybe you're forced into conversation with people that you don't really hang out with and you don't really have a lot in common with and you just have to talk about like, you know, the weather and shit like that, you know. <laughs> Hence but, the uh, podcast. <laughs> I don't know, the, yeah, the podcast would be a bit different. I but, know, um, I'm joking. I'm, uh, well, I, I, what, the way I meant it was poor you having to deal with me. Yeah, I know, definitely. I know. Um, it's, cool. Yeah, I know. Uh, I was going to get sentimental there, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, cool. So we're just going to crack on with the uh, just football this weekend. So uh, no hurling. So there's some big games in the football though. There's um, Kerry Mayo, I suppose, is the big one. You've got top of the top of the table uh, division one clash there. Um, Kerry firing on all cylinders. Mayo looking good. Um, could be a potential. Uh, match up down the line for All Ireland final or semi final. Um, so, do you think they're going to go out all guns blazing um, and try and set down a marker for later in the summer, or what do you think TJ is going to be more of a a KG league sort of squad battle? Yeah, I I won't lie, and I'm not giving a political answer with our previous discussion, but i'd be more i'd be more interested in them clashing down the line um carrier flying it mayo flying it as well defeated dublin good run james horn second term there his second or third year into a second term building a good squad but um yeah i think it'd be i i fancy Kerry for it i won't lie to you um the big danger for Kerry is they're having such a great run in the league. You wouldn't want to see him kind of slipping up towards the end of the championship. Everyone wants Mayo to win in All-Ireland. I mean, it's it's just going to be similar like Watford in the hurling. It's just when you're there so many times and you come up short, you just want to 
see him get over the line. But um, yeah, I mean, it's top of the, you could say top of the table clash. But um, yeah, I kind of fancy a home tie for Kerry the way they're going. Jack O'Connor's second stint with Kerry first year. Some decent results in the league. Um, people would have questioned in their draw against Kildare, especially how strong Kildare finished. But you look at what Kildare done since, very unlucky against Tyrone and um, defeating Dublin for their first time in, what was it, over 20, 20 year or more um, in league or championship. So... Yeah, I, I don't know what to feel about it, Robbie. I won't lie to you. It'd be a brilliant game to watch on television, and I'm l- looking forward to it. If it, I, I think it'd be on um, RTE too. But um, yeah, I just kind of sense a Kerry victory, but I wouldn't read read much into it. Um, it'd be kind of looking towards the championship. What you'd be hoping to see is Mayo, if they do clash in the championship, do you remember the replay below in um, the Gaelic Reigns in Limerick the time when Mayo turned over Kerry? Um, yeah, yeah. Or was, yeah, Mayo turned them over. That'd be that kind of tight, intense clash. Um, I, I, big games like that, the likes of Kerry and Mayo, when they're so familiar with each other and there's a possibility later in the championship, I just... Um, I, I wouldn't say either sided mind losing in, in a sense. No one wants to lose, but they know there are bigger games ahead. They have the points secure. So, um, yeah, I, I think the real interest in one there, Robbie, and I, sorry if you're going to mention it, is Armagh there. I think that'd be a real cracker of a game tomorrow night. Um, Kieran McGinney previously managed Kildare, got things organised. They're very unlucky at times. I think it was against Cork. They were really unlucky uh, one year against under Kieran McGinney. And um, I mean, great management team there and Armagh flying it. So I actually, if I was to pick a game of the weekend, everyone, all the pundits would be going Kerry Mayo. I'd be actually going Armagh Kildare. I think that could be a real real brilliant game now especially the way Kildare are playing this year under the new management yeah it's good and I suppose all the all the real kind of um, Division 1 games are always they're tasty enough we've got uh, Johnny Gall and Monaghan which is always a good one and uh, Dublin against uh, Tyrone and Oma so could we could we be in for another Battle of Oma do you think yeah no it's 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 hard to like the way the way it's going at the moment. You would fancy a couple of incidents in the game. I mean, you really would. Um, this is a real test for Dublin, and I mean, it, it might seem strange, and you know, there's going to be a sting in the tail of Dublin, no matter what. I mean, it's it's like Limerick and the hurling. I mean, you you don't get bad overnight. You lose players. That's fair enough. But I mean. Structures are still the same in the background and all of that. I, I wouldn't really read too much into the hype of um, Dublin are going back and all of that. You know, they're, they're 
favourites to win Leinster. They could cruise through Leinster. I think the biggest test there could be Kildare. Um, going back to the Tyrone Dublin game, Tyrone reigning All-Ireland champions. Not really convincing so far in the league, but still you look at what they done last year as well. Um, I, I'd, I'd nearly fancy a draw in that game, actually. The way both sides are going, I'd nearly go for about a 10 or 11 point all draw. Um, Yeah, yeah, I I just can't see. Now, with the way the weather has been forecasted as well over the weekend, it might sound strange, but the way it, it, well, it comes across that way. It was never in the pitch. But the way it comes across on television when it is a kind of a dour day, you will get a dour game. That's why I fancy a kind of a draw in it and um, Tyrone's physicality as well. I think the real important thing for Dublin in that game is that they get their kick-out structure right. Um, I, I'm not saying that's the reason why they didn't win the All-Ireland last year or get to the All-Ireland last year. But they haven't seemed to have recovered from Stephen Cluxton's loss. And um, they're really, because Stephen Cluxton brought the, uh, did I say puck out? I meant kick out, sorry. Um, <laughs> he's after, he brought the kick out to a completely new dimension. Um, so it'd be interesting to see. It'd be one thing Desi Farrell will have to get working because the championships fought six seven weeks away they're not going to make the knockout stages of the league if they lose this game they could be relegated um and um yeah that's not the momentum you want to no matter what no matter now like i was saying i'm not contradicting myself you expect this thing in the tail of dublin you expect them to bounce back. You expect them to go through Leinster. But still, it isn't a great confidence boost after coming up short and the disappointment of last year, trying to decreate history, but trying to add to it. Um, so, yeah, I, if, if a draw and if Dublin can get, kind of show that there's a structure being developed there because that has been lacking in their games against Tyrone, Mayo and Kerry um, because they were games, especially against the likes of Mayo or Armagh that you would have really expected to see the, the true Dublin but and, and Kerry as well, one of their biggest rivals but they're, um, I don't mean anything bad by it but they're like a tame dog in it where when Dublin were really, really motoring well, they were like a vicious dog. You were just scared. Um, even if they had a poor first half, you knew they'd completely demolish you in the second half and there'd be no signs. So I, I, I fancy a draw on it, but I'd like to see more from Dublin. Um, Tyrone, yeah, I think it could be second season syndrome in a sense, it, it, they're kind of poor showing. I know they got a good win against Kildare and that, um, but yeah, I, I can't see him replicating the magic of last year. And that's no disrespect to anyone from Tyrone that may be tuning in. Yeah, well, they probably don't have the squad maybe of uh, 
other teams like a Kerry or a Mayo or something like that, or even well, maybe not as yeah. much Dublin now. But yeah. um, so with Dublin, they've got uh, James McCarthy back. He's the it's his first start of the year, and he's he's captain Dublin this year. So hopefully that's a a nice bit of a boost for Dublin. Um, I don't know if you've seen this. It was um, Antrim were due to play their uh, first round Ulster Championship match against Cavan in Antrim. And the game got moved from Corrigan Park because it wasn't suitable. Now, this is after um, a £1 million uh, upgrade from last year. Um, so and I think there was like a, a motion push uh, forward by Cavan, um, Cavan GEA to have the game moved because the, the facility wasn't suitable. Um, and it passed. So now they have to move their, their home fixture. And as we all know that, Home fixture is extremely important in GA uh, in lots of sports, but particularly in GA, you know, no one wants to. We see it with the hurling. No one wants to go to uh, Corrigan Park to play Antrim, and um, now they're they're having to give up home advantage. Do you think this is? Have you did you see the story or did you catch it earlier today? I didn't. It's the first I'm hearing of it, and I I think it's really unfair in Antrim. I I won't lie. Um, it's what's what's happening with Casement Park is absolutely shocking. Um, I I don't want to go into too much detail on it because I I don't fully understand it, but I think it was being blocked. Um, and I think there, there's a lot of political reason reasoning behind it. That's why I don't want to go in because I I'd have to research it. Um, but. Yeah, no, it's completely unfair. Like, I mean, um, it it shouldn't be going on this long. I mean, you're talking maybe six, seven year now, is it, since Antrim actually were able to play in their county ground, maybe even longer. Um, and yeah, I mean, to to lose home advantages, um. It's terrible. And I, I mean, Antrim had great success back back decades ago and all of that and are always hard to play. Um, but I mean, yeah, no, I, I think especially a team that's trying to progress on um, and reach the heights that they previously had, I, I think is very unfair. I won't lie, but I, I'm only this the first time I'm hearing of it now. Um, but yeah, still, <laughs> oh no, 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 God, no, geez, no, I didn't mean it like that at all. Um, but I mean, you have to say, Kevin done what they had to do as well. Uh, I mean, that's that's you have to look out for your own interests as well. Um, when it comes to championship, I don't mean complete fair play or anything goes out the window but still you have to fight uh, whatever battles you have so um, yeah I, I just think at this stage is it's despicable that um, the Antrim don't have a county grounds I, I really do and like I was saying not to repeat I think there are political reasoning behind it and when you consider Casement Park is going to be central to any bid that um, Ireland are going to have looking for a tournament. I mean, I think the Ireland, Northern Ireland included in it. 
Uh, in the bid for the Euros, is it? Yeah, Euros in yeah. 2030. Oh, they will be because United yeah, Kingdom, yeah. Ireland, sorry, sorry, yeah. Um, I mean, that's going to be pivotal to it, but I mean, it should have been done a long time ago. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's highly unfair. Being honest, I really do think it's highly unfair. Um, yeah, we'll see if maybe if they uh, if they appeal the decision um, and hopefully for their sake they can get the, maybe the game moved back or something. I know what happened, was it with Newbridge or nowhere? And I think Waterford, sim- similar with Waterford, um, they weren't allowed yeah. to play championship games in... Um, is it Walsh Welsh Park? Park. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it was actually that popped into my head there um, because Watford had to play their games in Semple Stadium. And um, it's kind of different. I, I don't mean to say it was unfair to Watford. And I mean, that's fair enough. But I mean, there's there's a hell of a lot more kind of going on in the background in Antrim than they kind of would have been with Watford and Welsh Park at the time. It was kind of a there. There were no one really blocking the development down in Welsh Park. It was just a matter of, I don't know. I, I'm scared to say it either, but maybe it was just kind of putting it off or whatever. And being honest, it's a great facility down there now. Watching it on television or being down there in person, great credit for the work's been done. And not many counties have two county grounds that um, are able to hold kind of inter-county fixtures. I mean, Dungarvan is a real scenic setting as well. That's after seeing a lot of games. Um, but uh, yeah, I know it's 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 tough on Antrim. I won't lie, but there's a, I think a political aspect there as well. Yeah, possibly. Um, did you see the the smarts leisure? Did you see that during the week that they're going to be trialing it at um under twenty games this year? Um, so there's like a little um a small chip inside the slitter, and basically it's to confirm that it's an official uh match ball. If you get me, so there's no you know maybe sometimes teams might be swapping in and out of slitters, maybe maybe on freeze they might be putting in a. A slitter maybe that gives them a better uh, chance to score in a long range point. Um, yeah, so did you see that during the week? Yeah, I just saw a bit of it today. Um, uh, I won't lie, I must have been on the moon the past week. <laughs> I mean, uh, but I saw um, a thing on RTE, Brendan Cummins was holding it, it was a yellow slitter again. Um, but yeah, uh, I I don't think it makes that much of a difference, Robbie. I I genuinely don't. I mean, don't accuse that with Cork kind of. You could say started that a few years ago, switching the slitters when the rivalry was with Kilkenny. And being honest, it's it's whoever's the better team on the day. I mean, players adapt. Like it's are they going to introduce a special coat on pitches for? I mean. You see it in soccer, um, where you have one end of a pitch being watered, where the home team decide that the home team may be attacking in the second half or stuff like that. I mean, if you're a good enough team, nah, it, it won't really bother. If if 
there was a microchip in it. I'd like them to see is the slitter actually too light? See the the force that a player gets behind it and maybe introduce a heavier slitter. Even though some of the games this year, the scoring has gone right down again. Maybe it's becoming more of a tactical battle, um, kind of defensive holding possession and all of that, where a couple of years ago you could have a scoreline of 235 to 32 points or something. They seem to have come down a bit now. But um, yeah, I'd like to I'd like to see him trialing um a, a chip and a slitter to see if they can kind of do away with the huge massive score lines that's kind of a basketball score line compared to in other words a team introducing a slitter because you're always going to have you're always going to have gamesmanship like that I mean I was often involved with teams and if you're getting momentum in or sorry if you were kind of losing momentum in the game and you had a lead a player might go down injured. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's I know. I, I, um, from doing the physio stuff, there's a particular there's a particular call that goes out um, in those type of scenarios. If you want to kill a bit of the momentum, um, I go yeah. on and have to have to take off the boot of the player and make a big deal out of it, even though they're not injured. Um, but it's a, yeah, it's just you know you're going to get gamesmanship and, and you know, exactly. but maybe if. Um, you know, if people are like, if you're swapping in a ball for to to score a point, maybe from a free, uh, that you that would be more difficult. You're making it a bit easier. You know, it's not a great advantage, but you know, it seems a bit of a, a mad step to put slitters into, or puts chips into uh, slitters. If you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So what we might do now is just going to crack on and just uh, talk a little bit about. Uh, Chelsea Football Club, they've been in the, in the news a lot lately uh, due to their, their owner, Roman Abramovich. And especially um, yesterday came out that um, all the assets are frozen and they can't sell any more tickets for games. They can't sell any more merchandise. They can't uh, buy or sell players. Um, so it's. do you think this could be the end for... Um, for Chelsea Football Club? Could they be going to like an administration situation and maybe relegated out football altogether? I can't see it happening, Robbie. Um, it could possibly, I, I won't deny it, but I can see things being relaxed slightly and I could see a sale going through and there are talks of it already. Um, the real funny thing about it is Everyone knew the the story behind um, kind of Chelsea. I mean, it isn't, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but I mean, you knew Abramovich was a, a Russian oligarch um, and it's a term that's coming around, but everyone knew that he, he was a, good owner for the club, brought great success in all of that. He was going to, whether it was a, a publicity stunt or not, but he was saying he was going to donate the proceeds from the sale to support um, Ukrainian charities because of the, the devastations that's going on there. And you have to give some credit for that, but I mean, it's, I just honestly don't think the British government have, um, what's the proper term for it? 
Um, not right, but kind of it's kind of a cheeky way because everyone knew there were Russian money going in. There's there's people involved within the the British Tory party and government at the moment um, um, have connections with Russian finance systems and that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I can see kind of washing over slightly um, Abramovich, or sorry, I know I'm saying it wrong, but uh, I know he won't ever have control of the club again. He's gone completely um, but you can't punish your club, you can't punish the staff, you can't punish the players, you can't punish the supporters. Um, everyone, I mean the British government and everyone was happy with the, what was happening there until the Russian invasion to Ukraine. Um, so, I mean, to punish your club because of its owner, seized assets, yeah, um, but let, don't block the sale of the club. In other words, um, being a Liverpool fan, yeah, there'd be rivalry against Chelsea, the same as every other club. But don't punish the players, fans, or staff. There, it's is it a bit just... hypocritical with the um, situation where Newcastle were taken over by uh, like a Saudi? conglomerate sort of thing and um like they Saudi Arabia would have maybe questionable human rights um sort of ethics and stuff like that you know um and like I'm sure if you were to dig into a lot of other clubs would the um you could probably find a lot of issues with you know owners of particular clubs um so like is it right in a way that Obramovich I know like nobody nobody agrees with the war in Ukraine and all this um but like, is it right that Abramovich is being punished um, in this situation, and others are are effectively given a bit of um, a free pass? If you know what I mean, or what oh, looks definitely. like a free pass? Yeah, no, I mean it's it's a real tricky one because, like, if you look at it, um, they they are another person. Was he involved? Father of someone involved with Formula One or something? He's a Russian oligarch or some other sport. I'm not sure. What I read something during the week, and he's um, kind of a right hand companion to Putin, and he's been sanctioned and all of that. Like. Their gains may have been ingotten or may have been the way after the fall of the... I, I, I won't lie to you. I wouldn't have known what an oligarch was until the war in Ukraine. And I actually had to look it up and read about it to try and understand it. Um, and But the Russian people are suffering at the moment the Ukrainian people are being devastated and it's not right all because of Vladimir Putin. Um, but the Russian, like the Russian economy is going to be absolutely devastated after this. And Putin, unless he gets brought up on war crimes, which I hope he should. Um, I, 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 just uh, I have I know we're chanting and I don't mean to drag it down um, but I, I really feel for 
the Russian people and I feel for Ukraine as well because on the news tonight there was um, a Russian journalist had to escape into Turkey because he knew he was going to be facing 15 year in prison because he was going against the what was happening at the moment. Um, you mentioned about the donors that went into Newcastle and the, the human rights is, issues that take place in the country. There, there are wars going on all, all over the world at the moment, Robbie. I mean, there's um, what, what's happening in Palestine. Um, I mean, th- there's numerous others. And it's the it's you Ukraine's the current focus, and it's completely and utter devastating. My heart goes out. I mean, I really well up at times looking at and hearing the stories and all of that. But the the Russian people are going to be devastated as well because of the actions of one evil man and the supporters around him. And there's there's going to be no winners from this, no matter what. Even if Russia win the war or whatever, there's still going to be people in Russia to, uh, next year or maybe later this year can't afford to live. And I I think that's despicable. And I think there's a real lack of polit- political leadership around the world that this is... Well, let begin at the start because you knew there were Russian interference with the US election and there were Russian interference with the Brexit vote and also there were ties um, between political people and Russia as well. So it isn't a situation where Putin woke up one morning and said, here, we're going to invade Ukraine. there are polit- there are people in power in governments around that help this happen. Um now I know I went on a tangent there going back to the Chelsea. I don't think supporters should suffer, staff shouldn't suffer and the club shouldn't suffer. Um would it be a situation where the, the club could maybe go to the fans possibly? You know, the way that happens in, in the Bundesliga, it's like fifty one percent of the club is owned by the fans and I think in NFL you have the Green Bay Packers, which is owned by the fans. I think Barcelona could be owned by um, a fan, a fan-owned sort of thing. They make a lot of decisions for the club. Um, do you think that could be something that could happen? That maybe the whatever happens that the the club is handed over to the fans of Chelsea. Oh, definitely, and I think there was kind of that was slightly happening anyway. Now I don't know the ins and outs about it, or whether Abramovich was going to he was doing it a sneaky way or whatever. I may sound gullible here, but I think he genuinely was sincere in a sense that he was going to donate. He he was putting the club in the in the control of the Chelsea Trust. I read up about it last night. People can join it for twenty five pound. Uh, oh. I think for voting rights was five pound or something. Now, if you're a supporter of the club, 
I mean, it would it, it'd be a great opportunity, but I think the way the British government are after going in now seized assets, yeah, but I mean, let the club be sold. I mean, give give the supporters, give the players the rights. Um, you have a British government minister coming out um, saying that the fans shouldn't be shouting Abramovich's name. And now I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I have it in my head, yeah, but yeah. trying to get it out. I mean, saying they shouldn't be shouting his name. Being honest, he brought Chelsea to where they are. Um, and I mean, to my knowledge, and I could be completely wrong, and if anyone wants, and I'd be more than happy for someone to correct me completely, Um I don't think he has any connections with what's going on at the moment. Um, yeah, gains maybe, there may be a suspicion gains have gotten or whatever, but I mean, up until a couple of weeks ago, the, there were no trouble with his ownership of the club. There, As you say, there are no trouble with the current ownership of Newcastle. Numerous clubs around Um if the the current sanctions and the current um season of assets and all of that of Abramovich is down or sorry is blocking the sales of the club, that's not fair either. And um personally I think I'd rather listen uh, to a vicious dog than Boris Johnson or anyone connected with the current British government at the moment because I just what they're getting away with is absolutely shocking. Um from their laxadaisy around the pandemic to and I mean Well is this kind just, of part of it that they're trying to make a stand against Chelsea um because it's politically um popular, if you know what I mean. So it's it's getting a lot of heat off of um Boris Johnson. Um and his priorities are saying for all the, you know, all the fake ups that they had. Um, so that, could that be part of it? It's just part of a, a wider political sort of, um, you know, uh, narrative. It's like, you know, don't look at here, don't look over here, look over there. I, yeah, yeah, you yeah, have a valid point there, Robbie. But I mean, the way it is, there's very slack leadership at the moment across the board. Um, I mean, how people can sit back idly by and see the devastation that's going on. I mean, I know there's a risk of nuclear war. I know there's um, a severe risk of um, escalation. But I think if you were to know war is good. And I mean, whatever what's happening at the moment is shocking. It's brutal. But I mean, it's a very poor attempt by Putin as well. The devastation he's causing is horrific. The way he's doing it is horrific. But I mean, if he was planning it for a long time, I mean, it's... It, it, like to be to, with a piece uh, like with the way 
Ukraine are doing it. I mean, it's um, he. It's a very, very. How would you say poor, weak effort by him? But I mean, the devastation is shocking. It's really shocking, and the, I, I really feel for the Ukrainian people. It's it's just shocking. But like I was saying, I have sympathy for the the Russian people as well. But I mean, there's there's people in power around the world at the moment that I have. They're not. They wouldn't polish the boots of some of the the leaders that went before. Um, I would have known very little about Winston Churchill up until I started watching The Crown and all of that. And now I know that there's a lot of dramatization around that. But when you I've done a lot of reading up about Churchill. Boris Johnson is the, I, I don't want to say it, but I mean, it, it, it's a joke, Robbie. It's a real joke. And the one leader that I'm completely disappointed with at the moment is Joe Biden. And yeah. I think he's really found lack in, um, a cousin of mine put up on Twitter um, last week or, the, or last week, and I think it was a very valid point. I'm not agreeing because it was a cousin of mine put it up. I would have agreed with whoever put it up. But if there are no one in the White House at the moment, would you actually notice? Yeah, um, I suppose like I'm not exposed to, I, I would watch, you know, social media accounts that are American and talking about it and in general you get the feeling that they're not very happy with um with Biden and how he's he's conducting things. Um but then or maybe possibly the news in the US, you know, you you have like your CNN which would be back in the Democrats. So you could have a lot of people who are just living in a bubble that are, you know, saying everything is grand and uh yeah possibly as well like they did like with fox did with trump for for years it's the opposite with the democrats maybe with cnn um yeah so just on the one quick question on on the war crimes thing um obviously russia are doing lots of really bad stuff in ukraine and hopefully it stops soon would it be a case for you know the things that maybe you know, maybe American politicians have done in Iraq and Aurora, uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. Would they fall under war crimes possibly as well? Would it be? Would they ever be pursued possibly for things that happened in those countries? You think? Oh, definitely. I mean, like in all fairness, Robbie, I, I think I would have seen it in the podcast a couple of weeks ago. I would have when I was growing up. There used to be programs about battles that would have taken place back in 15 16 1700s now i was only a young lad but it used to be on early of a sunday morning and i got interested in them i, I won't lie um i'd be watching sesame street one minute and then these programs would be on and i'd be watching them we're a civilized society now well we're meant to be a civilized society you look at the advances I mean, we're we're doing a podcast through Zoom. No one knew what Zoom was 10 years ago because it wasn't around. 50 years ago, there weren't even a mention of mobile phones or laptops. You look at what's happening now, the medical advances, everything. I mean, it's 
like any invasion shouldn't be tolerated now. It, we're we're after moving on. It it isn't a situation where you had Britain trying to domineer the or take over the world. I mean, then you had Germany under Adolf Hitler. I mean, try to do it. I mean, that's going back very close to a hundred year ago now. Hmm. I mean, it's we're 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 gone beyond that, and how governments are sitting back i mean anyone would have known what was going to happen here i mean anyone that would have believed in russian ambassador when they were saying that they weren't going to invade ukraine i mean i'm sorry if you believe that well you believe anything I mean, you knew there a strategic purpose of the the warships, the Russian warships that were going to be off the coasts of Ireland. That wasn't military military drills. I mean, it's very easy. People can say, oh, yeah, it's very easy saying it in hindsight. This was all coordinated. Like when you have someone denying something, that's when you get worried. Like you're a parent, Robbie. If 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 a child says no, I didn't do it or whatever, nine times out of ten they done something wrong or they were up to something or if they're do you get me? I, it, it's just I I I'm pissed off with the way what Russia are doing. I I can't get over how evil a person can be, Putin. I, I think there's something gone. I, I don't just don't think he's a well man. I really don't. Um, how he can think now he can get away with it is beyond me. The ones around him are as culpable. Um, but how governments allowed around the world allowed this to happen in this day and age is is beyond me. And going back to your original question about the the likes of the war in Iraq or uh, American or even Israel in Palestine, it can't be condoned. I mean, if you're an independent country, you have your rights. Yes, they are sometimes that military intervention has to take place. That's an unfortunate thing. Um but you don't create something out of nothing. And I think the blood isn't just on Putin's hands at the moment. I think the blood is on the hands of a lot of political leaders and an awful lot of people of power around the world at the moment. Yeah, I suppose we're probably not going to resolve it tonight anyway. So maybe oh, no, definitely on. not. Definitely not. <laughs> we'll, we'll move on and we'll, we'll chat a bit about the um, the Six Nations. So a uh, big game for Ireland tomorrow, uh, Ireland versus England. Uh, we touched on it briefly last week. How do you see it going? TJ with uh, Andrew Porter-Rouch. He, he's a very uh, pivotal part of the Irish team now. I think um, that swings the balance towards England for tomorrow or... Yeah, a friend and a former radio colleague of mine texted me today and asked me opinion on it, and they were confident. Um, Michael was confident. I, I won't lie, I have a real fear. Um, it was only a couple of years ago that England absolutely trounced us three or four games in a row. 
Um, we got Dej over him last year. I, I, I have a real fear here, Robbie, uh, especially Andrew Porter out uh, with an ankle injury. I mean, the strength he, he brings is unbelievable. Now, I know Keane Healy is coming in for him. And I mean, Keane Healy is highly experienced. I think he's getting what, his 115 cap. But um, yeah, I have a real fear, um, especially going over to Twickenham. Um, like, I think I heard a statistic there over the past couple of days that we only won one out of the last five in Twickenham. Um, so that isn't a great record. Um, we are favourites, um, and we're rightfully favourites going in after the the victories, um, in the November internationals and uh, the performances say against the likes of France and the way we dismantled Wales and all of that. But uh, yeah, I have a real fear going into this game, um. We predicted it in the podcast earlier in the week. Johnson Sexton be coming in. That will steady the ship a bit. I'd have a fear that England will target Sexton as they would have targeted Joey Carberry, but Joey Carberry has his age on the side more than Johnson Sexton. Um, what you wouldn't want to happen happening is Johnson Sexton to go off injured and we chasing the game, and then you're expecting Joey Carberry to come on and try and turn things in favour as well. Um, I think it's highly unfair to... Now, he's more than capable of doing it and I would have... If I was um, uh, Farrell, uh, Andy Farrell, I would start Joey Carberry um, for that reason and also to build for the future. Um, strong bench. I mean, likes Kilkine... Murray, Henderson, Henshaw, all of that really experienced and preparation isn't um, the greatest for England and all of that. But uh, yeah, I know I'd have a real fear, Robbie. I really do. I hope I'm wrong. Ireland are good enough to get the victory there, but they're still in the back of my head. Those um, devastating defeats just a few years ago or a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, hopefully, uh, hopefully, I know Twickenham is um, a difficult place to go, you know. So, it, like sometimes it can just go pear shape for the start, for the start, for the start, um, for the Irish at Twickenham, you know. So, um, see the the France game is going on there at the minute. France Wales, um, actually, I almost completely forgot about that. It's uh, nine thirteen to France, um, and then you got Italy and Scotland playing tomorrow. Uh, cool. So we're gonna. Move on, and we're going to go on to our picks of the week. So what are your picks this week? Yeah, I won't lie. Um, very little this week, but there's a song that's um, I would have hearing. It's from um, Gail. I don't know if you heard it. It's, I, I actually thought it was pink when I heard it first. Um, it's called ABCDEFU. Um, and yeah, really really enjoyable song i won't lie to you i looked it up and it's actually scary that singer is just 17 um because it, it's a song that um it be it, it, it kind of sounds like it was out about 
20 year ago that kind of style so whether I'm uh, maybe I'm not feeling as old as I am in age but uh, yeah no it's a really enjoyable song and yeah the other one it, this is going to sound really nerdy um, but I kind of have an interest in airplanes and uh, and I was actually watching the stream from uh, do you know LAX airport over in LA uh, they yeah. have a live stream on YouTube and I was watching that and uh, yeah, I spent a while at it. Um, other than that, it was what I would have seen earlier in the week, uh, watching Big Bang Theory a good bit. And uh, maybe that's where me nerdiness is coming from <laughs> at the moment. Uh, but uh, yeah, they be my picks at the moment to be very short and sweet. Yeah, you know, I might uh, check them out. Does be uh, much action on the the plane landing thing? Yeah, no, it's 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 really how I went got into it was um, do you know the uh, air radar um, where you see it's kind of a live radar of all the airplanes that are flying around the world, and it was um, when the the war in Ukraine started. It was um you could just see the planes avoiding the Ukraine and you could see the American um military air force plane kind of flying around in circles around the region as well. So that's how I got into it. But yeah, it's an unbelievable busy airport. But the scary thing about it is the size of the planes, Robbie. I mean they're they're nearly the size of Stonyford. Uh, I mean, now I know Sonnyford is uh, a small little village uh, outside Kilkenny, but uh, I mean, it's if you stretch from, say, one end of the, say, from the school down, it's huge. Like, these planes are huge. You have the likes of Emirates and all of that. But uh, if you have no interest in it, I'm going to be absolutely boring you to tears. But uh if you have a little bit of interest, yeah, be if I had, I, I think I said it before, if I had a hundred and a hundred thousand to a hundred and fifty thousand to spare and I didn't have a bad eye, I'd love to be a pilot. I won't lie to you. I really would. Um, so. Yeah, I think it'd be good. Uh, you get a good kick out of it. Um, I think, though, if you had a hundred thousand these days, you'd probably just fill up your tank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Do you know what? You'd be lucky to fill it at that. I say the yeah, ones yeah. with the real big supercars. Well, I suppose they're so rich it doesn't bother them, but the miles per gallon would be fairly gone down now. Yeah, it'd be uh, expensive enough. Um, yeah, so for uh, my picks of the week, I went with the um, the Haunting of Hill House. I don't know, it's kind of an older, well, not older series, but that a few years, so maybe people have seen it, but... Um, I think it'd be right up your street with your, you know, your kind of talking before about the haunted houses and we were talking about Loftus Hall and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's a really I, interesting series. Um, have you seen it before? I started watching the first one, Robbie. I, I won't lie to you, and this might sound strange. If a ghost appeared in front of me or if I saw something, that I thought was weird. Now I'm not saying I believe or in them or whatever, but if I saw something strange, I'd investigate it. But watching something like that, I couldn't do. 
I'd watch live things like the lights of the webcams that were on in Loftus Hall and there were weird jokes on it. I can't say whether true or false or whatever. But the likes of the series, I'm still traumatized over the sixth sense. Like, yeah, don't, <laughs> so don't spoil it. Yeah, I know. I can't, I can't. There one scene in the sixth sense, and I say it's probably the most, um, it wouldn't be that awful scary. Yeah, it'd be a bit, but not awful scary. But I'm still traumatized over it. Like, so anything like that, I think any dramatization at all, I can't deal with. If you're watching a real life yoke where um, something appear or they say something appeared or whatever, I'd, I, I'd be more interested than saying a series. Sorry, I'm after waffling on a bit there. Oh, you're right. Um, and my other uh, topic was... Um, the Last Kingdom, I've mentioned it before. It's a great show. Season five is out now. Um, and the, the whole series is uh, really worth watching. I think this is the final series. Um, so it follows uh, Uhtred of Bebenberg and Bebenberg, sorry, and he's trying to reclaim his, um, as well as, as, as like his father's kingdom. And he has been, you know, very unsuccessful so far. And he's been on loads of side missions, as it were. And, He's working for essentially the King of England, doing lots of jobs and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's a brilliant series. If you like Vikings or any of them, um, it's a really good one to check out. Um, just another one as well is that the um, the price of Netflix is going up in Ireland. Um, I think maybe Disney, Disney, the subscription for Disney is going up again as well. Um, like in terms of like the streaming services and stuff like that, do you think it's time that maybe some big company just maybe unites them all in under one sort of uh, streaming banner um, so we can get all the different channels uh, for a reasonable price instead of all, all the companies um, just gradually slowly bumping up their prices a little bit and you're ending up paying a fortune for TV between Netflix, um, Disney and all the other subscription, Apple, and then you're playing maybe for your regular TV and stuff as well. Do you think it's time that um, a company comes in and just uh, buys them all up and then we just have one flat fee or something like that? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I won't lie to you. I cancelled me Netflix a while ago and I don't miss it. I have a system that I'm able to watch nearly everything that I want to watch. Um, so very lucky that way. Um, but I, I'd love to know the justification behind it. I really would. Um, it's it's a bit like when you're hear, hearing about the television nice, they want to increase the television license fee. You're kind of questioning, well, why do you want it? Because um, I know a few people that are involved in the cast of Fair City and they're not earning that much. Um, And then you have a situation where you have people that are being too highly paid. So you'd be kind of thinking to yourself, well, here, where's this money going? Like, um, the reason I deleted Netflix was I wasn't watching it that much, but some of the content just there's it's like everything, Robbie. It's there are just 
some good shows in it, um, but then you're paying for a lot that you just want and watch. Like, um, so yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's like daffodils in spring. The way these streaming services are popping up, like you were saying, there's Netflix, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime. Uh, I think HBO have one as well. Um, over in England, there's what um, UK TV player, something like that as well. Subscription service. Um, it, it won't happen because there's too much money to be made. But I, I'd love to know the justification behind the price increase. I really would. Uh, I I think I'd have a fair idea, um, the reasoning behind it. Um, profits. yeah, profits would be gone down. Um, like we're in, like the world was. You could say some parts of the world are still locked down, but main parts of the world. If you look here in Ireland, we're locked down for a good part of two year. Um look at Australia, New Zealand, all of that. Countries start opening up again. The where you couldn't like it's gas. Someone was saying you couldn't go outside five kilometers last year. This year you can't afford to go. So I think they could have choosing maybe a better time to do it. Um, yeah, well, he but, could have maybe increased the net last year when no one was going anywhere and everyone would have had to, uh, well, not everyone had to, but like more people would have had to get Netflix because there's nothing else to do. But now people have the options maybe to go places, maybe not too far though. Um, just kind of, we were going to move into that um, sort of topic as well price of fuel. Um, and, you know, I think the government's goal is to get to 100,000 uh, electrical charging points uh, by 2030 or something. And we're like, I think we barely even have a thousand at the minute. Um, so probably not very realistic that we're going to hit that goal. Um, do you think that maybe things are being enough is being done by the government in terms of fuel and, you know, maybe converting people over to electric or is electric the answer long-term as well? Um, I know like the decrease in fuel was like 15 cent. It went down, but sure it went back up. The, the distributors put it back up anyway because of the price they're getting it for. Um, yeah, so kind of crazy times. Um, so what do you think about, you know, what do you think the direction should be for the government? Should be like trying to ramp up electric cars and charging points? Um, or should they maybe cut the, cut the price of fuel and give... Um, the majority of drivers break like the, the way it is is say in regard to the price increases Robbie say with the the fuel I knew that was going to happen the minute the cuts were announced I worked in dial industry for nearly two years and I knew exactly once the cut was going to come garages now I'd be very careful in what I say, but there's a hell of a lot of garages uh, where after getting in, say, a truck um, under maybe our, they increase the price. They definitely increase the price and there are no justification for it. There are some 
yeah, you buy it on the market at a certain price, but it, it's too, too predictable what was going to happen that once the 20 and the 15 cent cuts in petrol and diesel respectively was going to happen, you knew certain garages were going to, um, going to make a profit out of it. Um, going back to the question about the, the 100,000 charging points and all of that, I take it with a pinch of salt. Um, it's just when you were saying it there, it reminded me um, I was I had to go up and back to Dublin. Um, it's what, three years ago now, father was in hospital. Thank God everything's great now. But it was um it was James's hospital I had to go to and uh, you you could see the children's hospital being built. I mean, that's gone on the bones of twenty year now planning and all of that. They started building it um what about five, six years ago. They're talking about another three, four year before it, 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 a patient it, it will even step into it so the likes of these as, aspirations about so many charging points and all of that the big issue Robbie is people can't afford to buy electric cars yeah some real people incentive. can yeah I mean the the one kind of alternative to it was the hybrids because the hybrids were out a bit longer. You look at the Toyota Prius, you'd pick up a Prius and say Prius came out mid 2000s or that you'd be able to pick up, say, 2010, 2011 or whatever. But the way it is now, Robbie, you can't like... I I'm I I did have a Volvo engine went and it was the best car I ever had. Um, but I I won't go into the story around it because it's too controversial anyway. Controversial. I'm, <laughs> oh yeah, no, I got yeah. I I leave it at that, especially broadcast. But um, I picked up a car, my current car. It's an Astra, Vauxhall Astra. And I picked it up for really cheap money. Now, it's still driving past NCT flu. Got service today. Everything's perfect. The same cars after tripling in price. In terms of... I looked it up, the value of it. The price I paid is actually tripling price. So if you can pick up a car, that's what... 13 year old at the moment um, for cheaper than you actually paid which last year how the hell are you going to afford a electric car I mean what people have to understand now I know finance and all of that is freely available at the moment it's I, I like finances me background it's mainly mortgages and that but I have a good understanding of PCPs and all of that like yeah things are available like that but you're still paying four or five thousand euro more over dodds for electric car than you are petrol or diesel alternative 
So if you're trying to encourage people to go green and go electric, why are the cars that are the biggest pollutants cheaper than the car that you're trying to sell or push? I mean, the way listening to the party that's pushing this agenda, mainly pushing this agenda at the moment, the Green Party, the price will come down itself. Or the manufacturers will reduce the price. Now, I know Volkswagen are going to introduce um, a low-cost version of um, of electric car, but that's two, three years away. Um, Should we all just drive slower like um, Eamon Ryan is saying? like we're being treated like during the pandemic Robbie we've been spoken down to a lot and a lot of it was for our own safety and all that yeah I understand but I won't go too much into it I'm into politics you know that I said it on the podcast before I'm part of a member of a government party at the moment but one thing TDs cannot forget is the electorate aren't stupid. Um, there's a certain cockiness and arrogance um, got into the government before the 2011 general election and the way they were speaking down to us saying the trike weren't coming in and all of that. Those same politicians... Um, either didn't go for re-election that's fair enough, that's their decision the ones, the brave enough fair play to them, brave enough put their name forward were absolutely decimated um, I was involved in a party that uh, kind of hopped on the um, the surge at that time I was a member for a long time, a cockiness and an arrogance developed into that party as well, not only the politicians but also the grassroots members as well so I know I'm after going off on a tangent the likes of what Eamon Ryan said the other day yeah it's true but when you have highly paid you're highly paid and you have a hell of a you have a good few highly paid advisors around you I'd be choosing the words of what you're saying. Um, a couple of years ago, he was on about, oh, a great way to be growing your own vegetables and all it is. I mean, yeah, if you're interested, go ahead, brilliant. Don't give a fucking lecture on it. Let people, I mean, we're absolutely being fleeced in price of fuel at the moment. And the government aren't brave enough to take on the industry. And I worked in the industry. I I understand the way it goes. Prices go up when demand is high. Price goes down when demand is low. Um, You're always going to try and maximize the profits, no matter what. Um, you, You try and go... Like, the... Garage owners are driving around seeing the price of other garages. I know that happens for certain. I, I was in the industry. I know exactly the, what's happening. And 
I mean, if you want people to do the right thing and go the right way, have proper structures there. I mean, the the government introduced the reduce the um the transport fees for to go on public transport. There are no public transport where we are, Robbie. Definitely not. Not on my road. <laughs> I mean, so if you want people to do the right decisions, give them the tools to do it. Give them the, the grants or the infrastructure to do it. Um, but yeah, don't, don't treat us like idiots because yeah, you're highly paid and all of that. Yeah, you might have a couple more degrees than someone, but people have common sense. And yeah, I mean, it's aspirations what they're on about. They're on about close to a million electric cars on the road by 2030. Robbie, we can't we can't provide accommodation for nine thousand homeless people. Yeah, so probably uh, like a lot of uh, government promises all around the world, probably um, not going to happen. Um, which kind of no. leads us nicely onto <laughs> which leads us nicely onto our our high ball actually. The high, the high ball. ball. Sorry, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was late, waiting for you to take the lead there. Sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, so just a story I've seen about this guy. He buys, uh, or a group of guys, bought an island to start their own country. Uh, so given everything that's going on in the world, uh, do you think that's something that uh, you'd be up for? Maybe a group of lads uh, and yourself. Uh, buying an island somewhere and creating your own uh, independent republic, obviously with uh, hurling as a national sport. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, without the, the price of fuel, maybe we could make Stonyford its own little independent, you know, and we could have uh, discount fuel in Stonyford, maybe. <laughs> there used to be one petrol pump in Stony. actually. Uh, it was in the middle of the street just down from Malzard. And donor died a few years ago. And uh, yeah, no, it's actually when you mention it. And now it, that's in my memory. They, they wore one further up the street. But uh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I definitely would, Robbie. I just... And I I don't know I I won't lie I'm in a brilliant mood today and all of that I might come across in the podcast tonight um but yeah it's just with everything that's going on like it's I just um it's, people are being treated like fools and I think that's why I would definitely jump on the chance of creating your own island um. Then getting away from some people that you wouldn't want to be close to anyway. Um, now, in all fairness, I'm I'm I feel I'm very tolerable that way. I don't. I would never make me feelings known if I didn't like or whatever. I I always try and see the good in people, but um, it's just the way things are after um, going over the past couple of years. Yeah. Definitely. I if if we could do a syndicate for the lotto and get that in motion, I'm on for it, Robbie. Or if we could get some sort of investment, 
I'm definitely on third. Yeah, definitely. It'd be a good idea. Um, think of all the things you could do. Um, so many good things you could do. Uh, plenty of bank holidays. That's one thing you definitely have to have is uh, loads of bank holidays. Oh, yeah. I know, definitely. I mean, it's... Um, yeah, no, I mean, where I... And not to bring it too serious and try and... Where I I, should, I don't think a small number of people should actually determine the future of others. So I'd be kind of, if I did develop it, I'd... Yeah, you would have to have some sort of organisation and structure to it. Um, but you, if the inhabitants or whoever you brought with you, you wouldn't try and dictate their life. Um, and you definitely wouldn't want to push, push your own agenda. Like, um, I think for the first couple of years, anyway, it'd be party central. Um, yeah. Make sure that you have a brewery there or, or the wreck line to Diageo or someone like that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. I, I'd be the kind of person, if I did, I'd have a lot of free will there. Well, within reason, within reason. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe we should just uh, get playing the the lotto, and uh, hopefully it'll happen. You know, <laughs> cool never thing. know. So, it could uh, be you. <laughs> could be, could be. Yeah, uh, yeah. So good chats as always. Um, and anyone looking to reach us, you can find us on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And message us with that in there. And thanks for everyone who's following us on our on the story on Instagram and stuff like that and uh, interacting and stuff as well. Um, yeah, so great stuff as always, Teach. Great chatting as always. And um, yeah, looking forward to uh, St. Patrick's uh, week, I suppose, next week. So with an extra bank holiday, so uh, should be good fun and plenty of drinking going around the country. Yeah, I know, definitely. It's, uh, yeah, I have a cousin's wedding the following week as well. So uh, yeah, it's... Uh, a couple of extra long weekends. <laughs> yeah, cool. Cool, good stuff. Uh, cool, so uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, good luck to you. Chat to you next week. Yep, thanks a million, Robbie. Thanks a million, bye. all, and good luck. Have a good, great week. Take care. Bye. Good luck. Bye. Bye. Good luck. Bye. Good luck. Bye. Good luck.